Shota Folico live. I am Travis Nixon, joined by Tyler Tucci. It is July 19th, 2022, and we're here to give you stocks to watch for today. Today is going to be a focus on earnings. Now, remember what we're doing. We have an artificial intelligence-powered engine that goes out and reads all the world's news articles, collects it using the latest NLP AI algorithms, and makes opinions and views on the current and future states of companies. Now, today, what we're doing is we're using those models specifically to predict earnings per share. And then we take that, we compare that with the street, and we benchmark whether or not we're above, so beating the street's consensus expectations for earnings per share, or we're projecting a miss. And using that, we're going to then put in some trades, and make a determination whether or not this is a good opportunity on the long or the short side. So, Tyler, thank you very much for joining. What do we have for today? Uh, we have we have some uh, actually kind of a mixed bag. We have we have some credit cards, some pizza, and some and some tractors um, that, that we're gonna that we're gonna talk about uh, as it pertains to earnings for for Thursday and Friday this week. This sounds like a John Candy movie. A bit. I hope so. They're all awesome. Hopefully, these will be too. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So, what do we got? Uh, if you will share my spreadsheet. So these are, this is the whole earnings picture as predicted by, by our data for this week. And what I have is, if you see in column J, uh, for our favorite trades of the week, I am showing the price of the option and the break even move necessary for the at the money option just one leg to be clear again this is not the straddle we are making directional bets here we don't need both at the money legs we just need one do you mind zooming in a little bit it's uh tougher to see on the screen for this one perfect that's great and i i had some some questions about you know why do i always use at the money on this show and, and is that how i trade the answer is no but we are making time-based price forecasts. So in order to benchmark uh, how our calls are doing, because it's not just good enough to be right in the right direction, we have to be right within the period we called for. So that's why I like using the at-the-money option, because it is the time-based price prediction market, and that's what we're doing. We're making time-based price predictions. So this is my proxy to show how we did both directionally and against market expectations. Hmm. All right. So as we digest, I mean, this is a ton of tickers, Tyler. Uh, I want to make one quick call out. So we have Twitter coming uh, earnings coming out, right? And we actually are projecting a beat for Twitter earnings. And yet that's not one of the ones we're going to highlight today. Twitter has been talked about so much lately. I want to touch on why we're staying away from this. You should know why we're staying away from this. Uh, they're currently caught in litigation with Elon Musk on a po- uh, potential purchase. This company has been focused on everything but making money. The algorithms for moderating the conversations on Twitter have completely gone awry. And so there's been a huge inflood of new users from one end of a political spectrum in the United States, uh, whereas an exit from the other end, right? So is this going to translate to earnings beat? They could beat earnings. Here's my biggest point. They could beat earnings, and you'll still have no idea what the stock price is going to do. And I think that it hinges entirely on the relationship between Elon Musk and this company has nothing to do with the financial performance of the company right now, which is why I wouldn't touch that company with a 10 foot pole, even if we're confident that the earnings are going to be better than people think. And to be clear, we do. I mean, we have them being, you know, despite being allergic to prosperity, we have them, you know, being, you know, having positive profitable somehow. Right. So, um, 
Well, but, the thought has always been the short-term profit's going to come in when you unleash the algorithms and you let everyone pile in. But the mid to long-term health of the company deteriorates once the conversation turns into mudslinging all day long. It just can't survive for long like that. And, and it's the, it's the MySpace experiment. MySpace did really well on everything is free, right? It's your space. You can do whatever you want with it. Facebook thrived on moderating. And, and I think that's how social media does best. So no, I don't think that this portends to long-term health of Twitter. We'll have to see. And if you, if you'll share my, my other screen share here on Twitter, just the, the full eco, you know, view of this gross, you know, in, 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 in one word, no, no thank you in two words, um, three words. Um, <laughs> but you know, that, that's just nothing good here, right? Earnings power after, you know, having been at, at the max value is recycled, not just to zero, you know, to a Z score of below zero now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with, with management in a free fall, reputation literally can't get any worse. Um, systemic turning down. So, you know, pass in, you know, uh, to, to be nice on this one. But, you know, we, we do for our own testing purposes and monitoring purposes. It is interesting that despite all of this, you know, our, our EPS is actually positive for, for, for this quarter. Yep. And so look, if you want to make bets on Twitter, make bets on what the litigation will do and then how the stock price reacts therefrom, right? So if, and, and what an interesting battle that is. It just, just to say, this has got to be like a market unique event, a unicorn event of a company is doing everything it can to force someone to buy it. Like that's just kind of a hilarious situation, right? Um, we'll see what happens. All right. So back to the rest of. These tickers, what are we seeing that's really interesting? We had some call-outs from uh, Eduardo Pereira yesterday on Pizza Hut. So uh, we had some teasers on that for, uh, yesterday. What are we seeing today? So let's let's talk about it. So I'll, I'll Sorry, show not Pizza this. Hut, Domino's. Yes, this is this is Domino's Pizza. So we have uh, the at the money option is is about call it nine seventy five mid right now. That implies about a, a three and a half percent move down. Um, our earnings model is calling for a miss. And if I can bring you over here, that's not good. Um, you know, we we think you know according to Folico, the the prime the prime earnings and pricing power for for these kind of companies is is behind us, which makes sense. I mean, you know, Domino's is certainly something you're ordering more when you're trapped inside your house as opposed to when you have literally any other choice. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of think that, that the recent squeeze from 350 to 400, you know, uh, definitely not founded by an increase in earnings power or earnings expectations. Um, we think this one's going to be kind of nasty. We don't think the market's, you know, really looking for this. So, you know, we, we expect it to cover the, you know, the almost 4% implied spread down, um, you know, we, you know, we'd be comfortable buying, buying those, the at the money put at 975. As I said before, I'm not trading at the money puts on all of these, but I'm just trying to show how our calls either outperform market expectations or didn't. And I think this is, this is the best way, way to measure that. So, you know, short DPZ, uh, into earnings, um, you know, we're looking for a nasty print and some follow through lower. The other call out I'm going to make on them is have you noticed the, they've been writing this, uh, everything is $5 wave for years. Like the medium pizza, two topping, $5, right? 
and you can throw in a brownie and a salad and a pasta or something like that, which, you know, it's all terrible, but they can't keep up with that. The pricing pressure is forcing them to move beyond that. And we saw this happen with Subway, the same exact effect of as soon as Subway had to start ditching its $5 foot long days and things like that. And they had to start get creative with those prices because you just can't keep that up forever. It did hurt sales. Uh, it's so comfortable. People get used to thinking uh, it's a value for $5. I can get this much food. And then once you start betraying that customer trust, you have to reset with another successful campaign. So it's going to take some marketing intelligence and innovation for them to land back in that soft spot and reestablish that relationship with customers. And for that reason, I think they've got some pain for this earnings round coming up. Right. Arizona iced tea, they are not. They will not be be holding prices firm at 99 cents, you know. Uh, but yeah, all, all the ingredients costs have gone up, um, you know, and, and I well, think... Well, to deliver the pizza. Have you noticed they're doing extra charges for delivery now? Yes, uh, right. So all of all of the inputs are up, um, you know, just just in terms of, of the, the best, you know, the best growth opportunity set. That was behind us during COVID. Um, you know, people, now that they can leave the house, it's Domino's isn't the only game in town anymore. Um, yep. So, you know, we're, we're looking we're looking at this one, you know, to, to head lower. Cool. All right. What next? So on the other side of pizza, we have cigarettes. So, I mean, I, I guess this makes sense. Recession, everyone's losing their job. We're all chain smoking. Um, but I mean, this is, this is a pretty massive bullish divergence here. Um, you know, kind of similar to Allied, except our earnings model also has a pretty tidy beat here too. So we have a massive bullish divergence and a beat on, on another model. Um, you know, this is, this is probably if I had to just pick one, this is my favorite trade of the week. Um, and it's a significant beat. I mean, we're, we're projecting a beat in earnings of, what is that? That's about 20%, right? Now, remember, when we project a certain percentage beat, what we're belying is confidence. We care about the, we care about the sign, right? We care that this is going to exceed expectations and therefore translate into uh, an appreciation in the stock price, right? But when I see a 20% beat like that, I'm seeing something that we have a little bit more confidence in, in the model. Right. And I mean, even more confidence in Folico. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big divergence there. The the at the money calls are only a dollar seventy five. That's about a two percent move higher. Um, you know, gosh, we 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 have to imagine that it'll have no problem covering that spread, given you know, not to use the term max bullish, but you know, pretty close. Um, you know, everything in agreement and everything in pretty big agreement. So you know, I, I definitely you know think this is of all of our ideas for this week. Probably, if I had to have two, it would be you know. Uh, probably long, long Philip Morris and short Domino's or the J and J call we made we made uh, yesterday. Now they're not getting caught up in the e-cigarette um, bans, are they? A little bit, and so there's a couple things here. So yeah, but are they ever going to go away? Are people who who are users of this stuff ever going to get cut off? No, they're just going to make it harder for the future you know, generations are going to hike, you know, the, the age from 18 to 21, things like this. And it's also to my understanding that while these companies, the Altrias, the Philip Morrises don't have a ton of cannabis exposure at the moment, they are all preparing, you know, the minute it becomes federally legal in the U S 
whether that's, you know, one, five or 10 years we can debate, they are all ready to jump. Um, mm. So I, I do think that is a, you know, especially given the prices of stocks in the cannabis sector in general, it's, it's kind of an underappreciated feature you might be getting for cheap at the moment. But I do think, you know, that is, that is one, one route is, is that they start to diversify and they already have away from just, you know, Joe Camel and, and, you know, the, the old, you know, just cigarettes and cigarettes alone, you know, now it's, now it's a bit more of a, I guess I'll call it a product mix, but, uh, you know, with, with, with some potential for growth. So, you know, well, I'm sorry, we're, not, I, we're not buying this for an investment, but I definitely do like this very much for a trade. And, and one quick note. So there, there's some bans coming in on e-cigarettes being marketed, especially to minors. I think there's a lawsuit going on that's really heavily hitting Juul and Altria is the owner of, of Juul. And so I want to contrast what we just saw with Philip Morris and why this looks like such a good pick this week. By contrasting this directly with Altria, you can see once that litigation starts coming in, their stock price just absolutely plummets. And I think Philip Morris got caught in a lot of that anti-halo effect, right? But what we see conversely with with Altria is their earnings power in the past few weeks just really not doing well, just suffering and and doing a sympathetic loss in that stock price at the same time. So uh, I think in contrast, Philip Morris probably a little bit more protected from Altria uh, I, I like that trade, Tyler. I, I like it quite a bit. And we like to see the differentiation, right? Like if if we had come here and, and Altria earnings power looked like Philip Morris health uh, earnings power, I would have been less excited. But the fact we do actually have, you know, a pretty big difference between the two and it's not just like, you know, we didn't accidentally some pick up some correlation of, you know, and it's just, you know, correlated, right? Like we actually have a, a distinction um, which actually, you know, adds to my bullishness. I hadn't seen that, you know, until just now, but you know, that, that I think is, is another tick in the, in the, uh, the bull camp for sure. Well, and I think that there's a whole bunch of stocks that for ESG purposes, people just left behind in total. Like they said, I'm quitting this stock forever. Uh, that's the story of the energy sector where, oh, oil's dead, always will be. Look at Tesla. It did away with oil. And then all of a sudden for the past year, We've all been going as hard towards oil as we possibly could. It was the refuge asset to weather the storm for the past little while. Uh, only recently did it start uh, backing down and stuff like that. I think that cigarettes and tobacco are a similar thing. Look, um, I don't smoke myself. Uh, I, I think it's an unhealthy habit. I, I, you know, help you if, if, if you can get over it. That's awesome. But at the same time, I think that this is a company that people have the right to choose to purchase these products and, and to enjoy them. And it's not going away. And I think that people possibly have under or oversold this industry right now. Uh, and there was excitement around e-cigarettes and stuff like that. That's going away. But tobacco is still going to hang around probably as long as I'm alive. It's, it's a safe bet. I mean, it's it's been around just as long. So we can assume it'll be, you know, that long into the future usually, right? So, you know, it's, it, yeah. yeah, it's it's not something that's that's going away. There are different iterations of it in the future. Um, so, you know. And we're talking about a long-term bull case, by the way, you and I, but, you know, what our view is here is, you know, decent earnings beat and snap higher in price on the discrete of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, and then I see one more here. Uh, I'll uh, pull up your screen again, Tyler. So if we're looking at that last one. So this one's kind of secondary. Um, You know, we definitely have no move higher in earnings power. 
um, you know, with a with a squeeze higher in price, and we have a pretty decent miss in you know on our model as well. So you know that this is more of a combined view where everything paints the whole picture, and you know we're comfortable with the trade. Um, the downside on the at the money put is about three percent. It's about six dollars. Um, you know that one. There's two reasons why we kind of push that to a tier B trade. One, I don't necessarily know if you know the earnings set we have is, you know, can we do minus ten? Of course you can, but it's not. You know, the the base case for Philip Morris would be a large move. The base case for Tesco would be kind of a medium sized move lower. Um, so do I think it can beat that that you know the the minus three percent? Let's call it forward. Yeah, I do. But like you know. It might be three and a half percent or four, which would be less exciting than, you know, if I think Philip Morris could be plus, you know, seven or eight, right? Um, so that would be, you know, in terms of, of ranking, I certainly would rank it lower than, you know, the J&J short or the Domino short or things like this. But um, it's definitely something that, you know, we want to bring attention to, you know, ourselves because we like to review literally every divergence. Um, and, and look at the performance of, of that as its own, you know, if that was its own strategy. So, you know, that's something we will always bring to your attention, you know, because we're looking at it as well. Um, so, yeah, so Tesco, Tesco lower, uh, you know, on earnings would, would make some sense to us. And, and, and why, why lower tractor makes sense to me? Uh, look, you, you gotta, you gotta leave tractor out of the name here. A lot of their boom over the past few years has been the strength of people moving rural during COVID and outfitting their houses with a lot of rural consumer goods. The, the more rural type couch, the more rural supplies that you would put in that house once you have a little bit more land and stuff like that. They've done very well making a strong market out of that. Uh, reselling or that they, they sell through Walmart, uh, and a lot of those front facing consumer uh, uh, retail stores and things like that. And just with the consumer slowing down and the trend kind of exhausting itself to go more rural as the housing market slows down, this is going to lead to some friction in their earnings coming out uh, in, in this quarter and going forward. So even if it's not the weakest quarter that they're going to see, I, I would very, very much not be surprised for weak guidance going forward, leading to a depreciation in the stock price further. And so it makes a lot of sense to me why they would be going down. So what else should we be looking for, Tyler? Like, so if we have our, our three discrete for Thursday, TSCO, PM, DPZ, what do we have for Friday? So let's see if I can. Here, I, I can pull up my screen for the sheet if you want to see it. Perfect. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so there we go. So really we had, we had two bull signals that I am going to, to say, you know, only one is valid. Um, because so we have a pretty tidy beat in American Express. It kind of would make sense in our, you know, banks might have bottomed last week thesis um, that we would we would try along here, especially with with agreeing signals from both Folico and the model. Um, if you would if you would share my my new screen. Yep. So, you know, that's a, that's a nice lead higher in earnings power. Um, it's a nice gentle slope. It's a nice turn. Um, so we're expecting some upside there, especially because the, the break even move is only two and a half percent higher. Um, you know, given the, the move we had had, you know, recently, 
I don't think there would be much issue, you know, clawing back a bit more than that, especially given our EPS, you know, view, which is also, you know, pretty bullish. But again, I would classify this as a tier two trade, more a la tractor supply than, you know, Philip Morris, Domino's, J&J, things like that. So what we're seeing here, if I understand you correctly, is that the earnings power has really started leveling off somewhere around earlier July. The price has stayed unchanged since then. And because of that, we do see a pivot point to go a little bit higher. Is that right? Right. And I mean, you know, if they were about to report, you know, nasty recessionary numbers, which is weird because, you know, the bank suggested that the consumer was levering up. So, you know, maybe that's what we're catching here. But, you know, I would expect all of those indicators to be falling off a cliff if, you know, they were about to report some recessionary starving consumer numbers. So, you know, we think that potentially sets up for a nice trade higher, but it is a tier two trade. The divergence just isn't as big as some of the other ones. And what we've observed is the larger the spread, the more significant the move and the higher probability that we get a move is. So, you know, we want to be focusing there. That makes sense. And finally, I see one more here, HCA. What do we have going for there? Because here we have mixed signals on Folico versus the model. So this is, this is, it's just as important to know when not to swing as, you know, when to swing. So the reason we're going to, we're going to take this pitch here is even though Even though we have, you know, something of a bullish divergence here, we have a horrific earnings report or EPS forecast. Like we have, you know, this is one of our largest misses in a sector that we don't think is, you know, going to be the one to own, you know, healthcare. You know, so this is this is one we're going to stay away from, even though on a one factor screen, it did show some earnings strength. But I think there are so many other mitigating factors that, you know, we'll just leave this one alone. Interesting. So while we do see some uh, some factors in Folico that would say by everything come together, you're actually taking that off the table. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, there's 252 trading days a year. You need a reason to trade, not a reason not to trade. This is, you know, I see no reason to trade here. So, you know, we can leave that alone, especially given we got plenty of other signals this week. Hmm. Fair enough. All right. That sounds good. Well, Tyler, that about wraps us up for today. Any last thoughts before we go into this? Uh, signals, uh, in, out, uh, timing, anything like that that we need to note to, to our listeners? No, I mean, I think, you know, we're going to, we're going to evaluate this week. Um, you know, and then we really start to get to the, to the heart of the order in terms of earnings, you know, some of the fang stocks, some of the, some of the ones that are really, really going to, um, impact the, the prevailing move of, the, of, of, you know, the indices in the market for, for the next quarter or at least, you know, quarter or two ahead. Cool. All right. Everybody, thank you for joining us this morning. We're going to get to trading, but first I want to preview tomorrow. We're going to be talking about ARC. We previewed this a little bit last week. We see some interesting signals in our data that show that ARC may be ready to purchase here in the near term. Um, so let's take a deep dive look 
in essence, what we're going to be talking about is innovation. And I think that this cues us up for the next decade of investing. So this conversation is going to be very important. ARC itself doesn't matter so much. What really matters is where we see growth coming and where we see the new, that pipeline of innovation coming out to drive returns over the coming years. So don't miss out. Join us tomorrow, 8.30 a.m. EST for Folico Live. Thank you, everyone, for joining, and we'll see you tomorrow.